Veterans are who we are, what we talk about, who we fight for. This podcast sheds light on raw, tough issues facing our veterans. It informs the uninformed, it celebrates their triumphs, and provides hope to those warriors fighting a silent battle. This is Upholding Valor. Welcome. I'm Jill Atwood, your host for Upholding Valor, and joining me today, well, one of my favorite people of all time, and Joe, I'm certain you're going to be one of my favorite people. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. <laughs> I have Quinn Kiger Good here, who is our Fisher House Manager at the Georgie Wallen VA Medical Center. Welcome, oh, Quinn. Thank you for having me. And then I have Joe Hullinger, and uh, he is here with his parents His dad is recovering in the hospital right now. His mom is a guest at the Fisher House, and you are here as a good son would be for support. (laughs) Doing my best. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Okay, Quinn, I'm going to start with you. For the folks who aren't familiar with Fisher House, let's just give them a brief overview of this extraordinary mission and kind of how it all got started. Sure. So Fisher House is a home away from home for our veteran families to be able to uh, have free lodging while the veteran is receiving uh, medical treatment at the VA hospital. Um, So sometimes the veteran is there staying with their families, receiving outpatient treatment, but a lot of times the veteran is in the hospital and the families stay with us. Uh, What's great about it is we're right on campus, so they can just walk to and from the hospital to the home, and um, it's it's a wonderful place. It has a lot of a lot of healing that happens there, and uh, we're just so grateful to have it. A lot of families bonding during challenging times. The best part of the home is watching the families cook together and cry together and have coffee together. It's a powerful place. And the, they're everywhere. The, the Fisher the, houses, yes. yes. yes tell me are. a little bit about that, and tell me about the Fisher family. Yep, so the Fisher House Foundation is the nonprofit foundation that was uh, based back in Maryland, and they are the ones that uh, build the homes and then donate them to the federal installations. So the majority of the homes are at military hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they later expanded to VA campuses. Now they have over 80 in operation, and they've promised three to five every year. This Fisher Foundation is extraordinary. Just take me through the history just a little bit. Yeah, they they are amazing. So it was started by uh, Zachary and Elizabeth Fisher. Um, and they, you know, Mr. Fisher just really had a passion for the military. He did not serve. Um, they actually have no military affiliation to their family at all. But they really wanted to give back to the military. Um, and he is just, he's a true warrior. He um, started his, kind of his work in New York City, became a big philanthropist and mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it got started. He wanted to, he realized that there was a big need for families who didn't have a place to stay when uh, the military person was in the hospital. Um, The the foundation's motto is, a family's love is best medicine. And uh, for the last eight years, I've been able to see that that is 100% the case uh, because I have seen personally that the veterans get better quicker and faster with their families by their side. Well, and I can tell you the surroundings are gorgeous. I mean, they do not skimp on these houses. If if you've ever been inside a Fisher house there, they're absolutely gorgeous. Um, Which takes me to Joe, who is a guest there, and you've been there a few weeks now. Yeah, tomorrow will be our third week there. So talk to me a little bit about what what Quinn is describing in terms of 
the, the support and sort of the the burden being lifted from families going through these difficult times? Yes. Well, well first of all, um, arriving, I, I, the first thing and the first gift that you get by being there is being surrounded by this beautiful, beautiful place, which immediately begins to elevate your mood and uh, and ease the burden of being there in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're kind of in a triage, triage situation when you first get there, yeah. you know. Um, my dad was going to have a tumor removed. Um, we got there uh, two days early just so that we could kind of get prepared because he had a lot of appointments beforehand. You're anxious. There's already fear. Exactly. And so you, you, you they put you into these beautiful rooms mm-hmm. um, uh, that are, you know, outfitted like frankly like a luxury hotel but luxury hotels don't also have a beautiful kitchen mm-hmm. wonderful laundry facilities um you know a, a gorgeous dining room a library i mean uh the 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 setting is just really spectacular and it's spectacular and there's no financial burden on yeah. you yes and everyone comes together and right. cooks and absolutely yeah. and um, you know, you have uh, what we didn't realize. We saw, we knew about the kitchen, but we didn't realize that the kitchen was stocked with uh, as much food as you'd find in a small grocery store. Wow. <laughs> you know, with just about everything you can imagine. And then we were surprised to also find out that almost every night um, you have a different organization, a different family, a different, different volunteers who bring dinner for the entire household. And, uh, and, uh, those dinners and uh, being together, um, it starts this process where you start to get to know the other people that mm-hmm. are there too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm here for my 88 year old parents, and specifically to um, be a support team for my mom, who's 88 and who's going to be the primary person getting my dad through this thing. Right. My dad has a as an excellent team of doctors and physical therapists and. Uh, this VA I'm, is second to none in the world as, uh, as far as, you know, the not just the technical proficiency of the staff, but, um, man, everyone is so friendly and upbeat and sweet and Oh, that kind. makes me happy. Yes. And, you know, every day I go up there and, you know, as you walk down the hall and say hi to everyone, you know, including, you know, Daryl, who keeps my dad's room clean every day. <laughs> and, you know, the and he has three, you know, as well, he has many physical therapists and the nurses there. They all contribute to this amazing environment where, um, you know, you're, you, you're, you're uplifted. Sure. And so you're able to do what you have to do that day, you know, to get through it, to support my dad and mostly for me to support my mom, but, you know, which means making sure that I, I prepare foods for her. And right. I, you know, he, your I, dad has this team. Yes, exactly. But she doesn't necessarily have that. That's team. right. That's right. And so, you know, so, you know, I, I drive her door to door as many times as she needs to come back and forth, which is another huge thing about being at this house. Um, it's close enough to walk, but you know we're in Utah here, mm-hmm. and uh, we came here where there was lots of snow, and, and you know it, it would, you know, I get to you know drive my mom back and forth mm-hmm. as many times as she needs, you know, and it's so close that she can come back for a quick, you know, hour nap when Dad's getting therapy, so right. she can you know get, get re-energized and and uh, and. Everything that we really need is contained in this home that is just steps away from the hospital. So the so the amount of of care and you know and you know direct access to my dad 
MMR is, is just so high because for, they've located it in this perfect position. Um, tell me about your dad. Tell me his name. My uh, dad tell is, me a little bit about <laughs> him, his service, and how he's doing. Richard Hullinger, um, uh, truly, truly amazing man. Um, we, uh, my mom and my dad had five children. I'm the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Humble. She's going to say that right off the bat. Yeah. Right now. Number three, but, but the best. Um, uh, and uh, uh, my dad served um, uh, in the Air Force. He did ROTC all throughout uh, college, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he um, uh, went the, went into the Air Force, was an officer, and uh, he was stationed in Japan, in okay. Nagoya, Japan. And my mom and my oldest brother, um, who was a baby at the time, were able to go to Japan, and they lived in Japan uh, with him, and through this through a, a large period of his service there. And I don't think that was. World War Two era. No, this just was this after? was just after. Yes. It's, it's, it's in the it was in the Korean uh, sure. War era. Gotcha. So basically, and so he was, uh, he you know, like I said, he was not stationed in Korea, but in Japan, and did his work there, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, really really enjoyed his work. He he worked in I believe personnel, and you know. Uh, loved his service. They loved being in Japan. Um, I was lucky enough to live in Japan a couple times, much later, many decades later. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my dad and my brother went there um, when, when my brother was an adult in his 40s, I believe. And they were able to go back to the place that they lived while they were in Japan and met their next door neighbor who used to babysit my brother when he was a wow. baby. And they had this amazing reunion you know, tears and yeah. hugs and, and showing pictures and stuff. It was uh, really an incredible experience. And so, um, and also the stories and the, uh, the friends that my dad made and my mom made when they were over there um, in the military also um, um, are still good friends and you know and they come and visit my dad in the hospital and they talk about things that happened years and years and years ago and uh, so it's been a really amazing uh blessing in our lives that way but also (laughs) now um uh that my dad is much older um he's had hearing aids for a long time and the va has has um I, I purchased his first ones. We finally forced him to get hearing aids so he could actually hear what's going on in the world. <laughs> and so, but um, the the VA has, you know, has kind of taken up that mantle and provided that for him. So important. And then, you know, at the most critical time in his life, um, in his late life, mm-hmm. when he um, developed a, uh, a tumor, um, actually it's a tumor on the uh, the dura, which is between the skull and the brain. Okay. And so, uh, what happened? said it's non-cancerous. It's non-cancerous. Yes. Uh, they, this type of tumor is usually not cancerous, but they're never a hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, uh, dad noticed, um, a couple years back, I think he, suddenly his, he, his, uh, right leg was kind of dragging a bit and they checked his hips and said it wasn't his hips. And he, um, he just decided <laughs> that it was from, a. Uh, when he broke his leg when he was 14 and it wasn't really set really well. So somehow that was the answer. And he's a humble veteran to boot who <laughs> right. doesn't need any help. That's exactly. Yes. And, and my parents are very, very self-sufficient. Sure. You know, they, t- you know, they pride themselves on that. And so dad was, um, so anyway, um, the condition got worse and, and in the last, I don't know, about six months or so he started to fall. Mm. 
and uh, and had a really hard time getting up. You know, his left right side seemed to be weaker. And a wonderful, amazing doctor down in southern Utah, where my parents live, um, uh, was uh, aware enough and alert enough, and said we need to do a CAT scan and figure, you know, and uh, an MRI, excuse me. And uh, they saw the tumor. Yeah. And uh, it was on the left side of the brain, so it was affecting the right side of his body. And uh, they literally scheduled the surgery, I think it was you know, two weeks afterwards. It was, everything happened so quickly yeah. and so... Uh, well, thank goodness. You know, whatever, yeah. And and, uh, and it had been probably going there for a while. They said it was pretty big, but um, they feel they got it out. And uh, he lost his speech after the surgery, which... Um, which we didn't expect. We knew he was going to be really weak on the right side and that he'd have a hard time, you know. Um, but we weren't expecting the speech, and I don't think he was either. And, How did uh, that affect him and, and your mom? Uh, uh, he was really terrified. <laughs> I remember he was coming out of the surgery, and he could only, after great effort, formulate one word at a time. And I was comforting him, saying, Dad, this is just the anesthesia. You know, you'll be fine. You'll be talking in no time. <laughs> and of and he's looking at me like, mm, 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 you know, but this he couldn't communicate. Feel like yes, no, exactly. And so, um, anyway, we found out later that you know, that was sometimes a part of this because the tumor had gone a little bit down into the brain deeper than it usually is. Um, but um, highly motivated, his, his speech has come back very quickly, and it's amazing how you know I'm, I'm amazed at how and how quickly in, uh, that it's come back and how quickly he's responded to the, um, the therapy. Um, and you mentioned that this is taking a lot longer than you anticipated. Yeah. What, I mean, could you imagine not having the Fisher house in this situation? I mean, really, and Quinn, you can jump in. What, what would Impossible. families do? I mean, imagine, I, I, you know, three weeks, you know, at, at a inexpensive hotel in Salt Lake City, you know, and then three meals a day. If we had mom and I had to buy our, you know, buy our food and go out three times a day, it's truly unimaginable. I mean, it'd be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, which my parents on their fixed income could never afford something like that. So it, it's a lifesaver. Yeah. And that I, I, um, I've heard that. I mean, so many different ways. Our longest family was there for nine months. Oh, my goodness. Um, so as you can imagine, like, even like you said, even three weeks in a hotel is not doable. So before we were there eight years ago, what we were finding is that the veterans had to come alone. They couldn't bring family to be with them because there was nowhere for their families to be able to stay. And um, now they can have their families right by them. You know, right by their bedside, supporting them the entire time. No matter how long they stay, it is 100% for free. And then that connection to support each other. I mean, Quinn, you and I have, have you know, been with this house from the beginning. I remember the opening day, and, and you're right, Fisher House does nothing. The Fisher Foundation does nothing halfway from the the grand opening um, to, to the guests, to the celebration, to the food. Uh, to um, Chance Phillips, mom Chance for, Phelps. Uh-huh. Uh, Phelps, thank you, uh, for who the house was named for. She was there. I mean, the whole event was just absolutely extraordinary. Tell me, Quinn, um, just what keeps you coming back every day? I feel so blessed. I feel like I have the best job in the entire world. And there's several reasons for that. My biggest reason is 
like I said, watching the families support each other has been amazing. And um, you've seen the ups and, and I have seen and the, the far ups lows and the downs. We had somebody just pass away at this at last Saturday. Um, their family member was there at the house, and I, I mean, I have so many stories, but my favorite story. Can I share that? Sure. Um, is we had a woman that was flown in from Colorado. Husband was uh, very ill. Didn't know they were coming. Had never been away from each other before. Um, she was scared to death. They were in their, I think, 70s or 80s as well. Had never been to Salt Lake. She was so scared. He got life lighted over. We welcomed her in. And she'd been there about a week. She met another woman that was staying there. And they became really close uh, during that time. And I, about a week after she'd been there, I got a call from the social worker from the hospital letting me know that her husband had just passed away unexpectedly. And this woman was beside herself and wanted to make sure that we were there so when she walked back home there was somebody there to come for her well she had called the lady that she had met that was still at Fisher House to let her know because she didn't know who else to call she didn't know anybody here and that woman went around and knocked on everybody's bedroom door and had every family member wait for at the front door Mm -hmm. so when she walked in there were 20 families there to embrace her and that is what keeps me coming back Oh is is moments like that we we had another lady that that lost her husband she was in the hospital and she said she just kept saying I want to go home I want to go home and they said we're going to get you home we just got to do a couple things you know we'll get you on a flight get you home no 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 Fisher House yeah. that's my home oh wow it's I mean those are the things well and this network I would imagine folks keep in touch afterwards all that's the time that's how uh, it's it's much like military life really when you're thrown together in an extraordinary situation yeah. those bonds form quickly what has stood out most to you joe what's touched you um well very quickly being there i you know i'm in the mindset that i'm you know i'm here to help mom and dad and be a support for them and and that is all you know very quickly became a very spiritual process you know a very deeply bonding process with me and my parents as you get into this mindset that I didn't before this I wasn't really sure if I was going to be the type of son who could take care of my parents and you know you know it's like oh I'm glad I have a sister because that's her job but um, things happened in my life so that I was able to be here and I had the time to be here and what I realized very quickly um, being at the Fisher house is that um, that, uh, this, um, being here in the service that I'm providing for my parents or trying to provide for them, um, was also needed for the other people around me too. And so immediately you, um, you, uh, you know, I'll, I'm kind of one of those late night guys that goes down to the kitchen and fix a snack and sits at the bar and put the TV on. And, uh, very quickly you find that, you know, there's another person who shows up in there and it becomes very obvious that they need someone yeah. to talk to, too. And it's, uh, sorry, it's just a really beautiful experience, you know, and yeah. just by being there and, and uh, listening to someone for a bit, um, you realize that you're changing their experience and helping them to get through it, too. And I have these opportunities now every day. Um, with different people because there's always someone coming in and someone new. And, uh, you know, there was this um, amazing woman I met the other night, another late night snacker, you know, mm-hmm. who um, had just gotten there and, and her husband, um, it was um, 
a veteran and had uh, was diagnosed just recently with liver cancer and you know um, she was having a really bleak time and you know did have anyone there and you know to be able to be there for other human beings like that is um, I feel I I always get ten times more I feel selfish because I get ten times more than I can offer them you know and you get to make these really deep human connections with yeah. strangers and we don't have very many opportunities in our lives to do that you know well and we need kindness in this world yeah. Yeah. more than ever yeah. but so you're supposed to be the rock but don't forget you need support too <laughs> and so you're getting that yes, support absolutely and dad is doing better dad's doing fantastic fantastic and uh and mom just sent a text and he was she said he would look like he was running down the hall with his, I'm sure he had his walker stuff, but <laughs> with his therapist and stuff. But yeah, he's doing, he's doing spectacularly well. And I something just, you had mentioned, yes. sorry to uh-huh. interrupt, something you had mentioned that I think is poignant about this is <coughs> that you said when your dad was able to see the Fisher house and right. be able to see that you guys had a safe place to stay, he went into his surgery so much more confident really good point. to know that his wife was being cared for. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it just, it, it, thoroughly removed any burden of that you know my dad is a you know he's a pleaser he's a host he's always the one trying to make everyone feel okay and at home and relaxed and uh and you know to be able to see that we were you know taken care of that that he didn't have to put his mind on that at all has been a big part of his healing it's really amazing and uh um and also i feel like uh, that it that in this day and age uh, we don't have that many opportunities to suddenly um, kind of be um, in an intimate setting, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of people who are strangers and who you don't really know their background. And living under the same roof. And living under the same roof. <laughs> and, and you see them at breakfast, lunch, and, and dinner. And really, small talk is, is not an option for very long. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. let's be right, honest. Right. I mean, people are getting real right. real quick. Right. Yes. But we also, but you also realize, oh my gosh. I don't know their politics. I don't know their yeah. religion. I don't know any of those things. And you know what? They don't matter. They don't. Yeah. You're right. You get right down to this human interaction and you say, oh, you know, this is going to change my perspective because I realize that, you know, that, you know, we're human beings and, and, uh, and there's this affinity that human beings have for other human mm-hmm. beings that sometimes we lose contact with mm-hmm. and, and, the Fisher House has been an amazing example of that. And to jump on board with that, I hear all the time that something that people get out of the Fisher House is perspective. Mm-hmm. And how it's it, it, their perspective really changes because they get in there and they say, they realize... Maybe we're not doing so bad. Yeah. There's so many other people that are struggling way more than me. And they walk out with that hope and knowing that, you know, maybe it wasn't as bad as I was thinking it was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what makes the Fisher House go around. So we've heard internally, you know, the, the spiritual and emotional support, but you get incredible external support and monetary support. In fact, that's really the only way you survive and continue to serve um, families like Joseph's family. It's true. It's completely how we are operated and we keep running is 
by community support and we we're very lucky in Utah we have an amazing community that wants to give back and wants to support and I'm constantly getting inquiries for you know providing meals or things like that um so I feel very lucky and very blessed in that aspect um but that that is how we operate is by donations and volunteers and community support so I like I mentioned before, we've been open for eight years, and I still my two longest term goals is uh, to provide one meal per uh, per day for the families. The families say one of the best things that they get they spend a long day at the hospital to come home and have a home cooked meal right. where they don't have to think about what to cook for themselves is a really big deal. Um, and it's a great place for church groups, individuals, you know, couples, um, school groups, you know. Eh, Anybody that wants to come in and, and make a meal, it's they get to sit down with the families, they get to know them. Great place for them to bring their kids to, you know, support and give back. And you have regulars. We have regulars. I have people that have been here since day one. They come at once a month to cook dinner for us. And then if if folks don't have that time, there's also a website where they can go and just make a fifty dollar donation, a hundred dollar donation, whatever they have to exactly. offer. Exactly. So you can donate in kind donations or monetary. Um, the other that my other long term goal is to have enough donations all the time that a family doesn't have to spend a dime while they're there. We want them we want to be able to provide all of their amenities, meaning anything that your home needs our home needs. That's laundry detergent, cooking supplies, food, you know, cleaning supplies, whatever. Toothbrushes, uh, toothbrushes, toiletries. Did you forget Everything. yours? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> toiletries. Yes. All those simple things, toilet paper. Yep. Yes. All those simple things that you don't think are a big deal is a big deal for us. And volunteers there are volunteers there every single day cleaning. Uh, I, Linda comes and, you know, sh- and takes inventory and goes out and but is shopping for the, for the stores shopping. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I said, you know, I wanted to make this soup and say, oh, what do you need for yeah. it? You know, and she writes it down and brings it and delivers it. And uh, Barb who's there cleaning up and uh, the, 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 su- the support that they get through the volunteers who come in there is just really, truly amazing. You know, first you kind of think, oh my gosh, look at this person who's staying here is doing all this work. Then you realize, no, that's a volunteer. Yes. Because you see them over and over come through uh, because I've been here for a few weeks now. And yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. The spirit and, you know, of the volunteers. And let's not forget, Joe gives back so much. He cooks dinner for the families all the time. Do you? What's your specialty? (laughs) Oh, just about anything. I'm a dang good (laughs) cook. You like food. He's an amazing cook. (laughs) I started cooking early in my life because I love to eat. So, um, yeah. He's so sweet. I mean, he'll see that we don't have a meal prepared that day and he'll just come in and say, I'm going to cook tonight. Well, I am thrilled to meet you, Joe. Thank you very much. And I'm thrilled that your dad is doing much better and that your mom is in such good hands. Um, let's talk a little bit about a website where people can go to just to get more information and, and, and make monetary donations if they can, or if they want to sign up for dinners Mm -hmm. to come in and cook. Yep. Uh, it's, so it's www.fisherhousesaltlakecity.com all spelled out. Say that again. www.fisherhousesaltlakecity.com all spelled out. Okay. So is there anything in particular right now you can think of off the top of your head that you need? Meals. Meals. Okay. Yes. Um, we, we get, uh, you know, a lot over the Christmas holiday cause everybody wants to get back for Christmas and then we hit January and February and start to go down. And sure. Have a little bit of a lull. So, um, meals for sure. Um, but, uh, we will take anything. Bars of soap. 
um, I mean anything. So on that website, we have a wish list of things that we're in need of. So we update that almost daily so people know that they can just look on that and, and see what we need. Also, grocery store gift cards. That's yeah. how I'm able to shop for the house. Uh, we try to stock the pantry and the refrigerators, and we're only able to do that with grocery store gift cards. Well, and the same goes for all the Fisher houses across the country. Yes. Same type deal. Now, um, I'm going to close with your big anniversary party coming up. Uh, I can't believe it's been eight years, but you know, technically it's only the two-year anniversary right yes because we did it on leap day yes (laughs) it's true it's a little confusing every year i know it's funny but march 10th is the big day right Mm -hmm. okay and what can people expect and if you're in the local area you can stop by for yes please it's open to the community to volunteers for the va staff we it is our way we do it every year on our anniversary date, around our anniversary date. And it's our way to just say thank you to the community. So don't bring anything. Just come and have lunch. We're going to provide lunch. It's going to be a wonderful celebration. You can have a tour of the house if you've never seen it. We'll have some rooms to show you and a tour. But just come and eat and let us say thank you. Thank you, Quinn. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And can I just really quickly say thank you to Quinn and to Suzanne, who are just the most amazing human beings. And they run this place with love and joy and um, and they just and all of the staff there that are all just excellent and wonderful human beings and we've just developed a really close feelings for them and we'll always have the most deepest gratitude to them for being such amazing people and good friends well i don't i don't need to say anything else after that (laughs) thank you joe thank Thank you. you quinn thanks for joining us today for upholding valor this is jill atwood and it is my honor to share extraordinary stories and interview amazing people on behalf of veterans if you enjoyed our podcast today please subscribe or rate us or better yet tell a friend to tune in by texting veterans to 57500 or go to ksl360.com slash veterans va is honored to serve you talk to you next time